Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your timely feel-good podcast with my top movie, album, and video game of 2018. Try some tasty new drinks for the holiday season, some wonderful songs of the week, new Harry Potter chapters, and so much more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. That's right, it is Christmas Day of 2018. You there, boy! What day is it today? Today, sir? Well, it's Christmas Day! Christmas Day! I haven't missed it! The spirits did it all in one night! Uh, love that movie. In fact, I talk about that later on in this very podcast. We do some housekeeping stuff as well towards the end, so be sure to stick around and listen for that. But let us not dilly nor dally for this week's Christmas episode of The Growing Up Cast. Let's just dive right into the action. And Merry Christmas, everyone. So for this episode, I'm going to do something very different. It is the final episode of 2018, and I want to talk about some of my favorite pieces of media to come out in this wonderful year. So many different topics to cover. I've narrowed it down to a few. Naturally, I could go on and on for the end of days with all my little subsections like best video game that deals with this topic on this system. For these reasons, I'm not I'm not going down that far. I'm not going down that deep in the rabbit hole. No matter how many incredible games, movies, albums, TV shows, songs came out this year, not gonna list them all out because you know, if you say a uh, 20 different things are the best, well, are they? Are they really the best? No, no, no. Maybe they're all just really cool and you couldn't decide because you're indecisive. Anyway, first topic I want to talk about. Because this one is a shoo-in for me, is movie of the year. No contest, hands down, I have to give it to Infinity War. And the reason I'm going with Infinity War is because of what that movie represents. That movie was the culmination of 10 years of built-up expectations since the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And not only did it deliver on that built-up anticipation, it delivered hard all right this was an incredible film it took everything that they had built up to like combined all the characters together in a worthwhile story and it didn't pull any punches infinity war even though we all know it's the first half of this movie you know what i mean it's really solid in how it went about splitting the story up it stopped at the exact right moment in the exact right way and I love it for that. Has one of the best villains in any of the Marvel movies. Thanos is incredible. The amount of one of my all-time favorite phrases when it comes to talking about shit like this. Moral ambiguity. When you can see and understand and relate to the villain's point of view. You got a really good fucking villain. Now, the villain's just evil for the sake of evil. They're not a good villain. You have to be able to understand their point of view and go, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, I see what you, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I, you know, you're still evil, but there's a whole uh, there's layers of your shit. You know what I mean? Those are the best villains in any media. That's just top notch fucking villainy right there. Tons of Captain America. I love Captain America. He's my favorite. The action scenes, while strange in their existence, were awesome. Um, like the big fight in Wakanda is kind of like, why is this happening? Um, but don't care. It's big, fun, and cool. Big, dumb comic booky stuff. It's 
it is like my favorite movie of the year. It is the best movie of 2018. Now, there's a lot of honorable mentions for sure, but Infinity War kind of has to take the cake. You know what I mean? Because of the buildup and what it represents. It's got to be number one. There's like nothing else. There might be better movies as far as movies go, but in terms of what this meant for culture and for me personally, I have to give it to Infinity War. No, no other movie comes close in that exalted position of being the best movie of 2018. And so there is that. What was your favorite movie of 2018? Love to hear about it. Send in your, your shouting meme because I'm like, you guys are all like, oh no, Incredibles 2, that was the best movie. It might have been for you, and that's incredible, and that's awesome. But for me, it's Infinity Wars. But send in your uh, your top movie in 2018 at gmail.com and we'll talk about it in the new year. Also, quick note, year is technically not over yet, and I know I'm going to see a movie at least once more before the year is out. So with all of these best ofs, I reserve the right to change it at a later date if something between now and the end of the year comes along that's better. I really doubt it, but I reserve the right to change it if something occurs in the following and the rest of this week of 2018, if something I see comes along and it's way better, then I'll talk about that and I'll rescind and reapply the awards. But for right now, Infinity Wars, best movie of 2018. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Ah, that wonderful time of year, the holidays, when we're all together with friends and family, we're getting new fun toys to play with, we're eating delicious food, and most importantly, at least in my world, we're trying new liquors. That's right, it's that most wonderful time of the year when host Andrew Logan tries to branch out and expand his palate when it comes to the alcohol of the world. This year's experiment is gin. Now, you may have uh, been aware that I've been hoping to get the Yogg's Cast Jingle Gin delivered to my doorstep for the holidays. Unfortunately, due to international tariffs and shit, the gin is being delayed, and I probably won't get it until late, early next year at the soonest. So what I've done instead is I've gone out to Total Wine. Other liquor stores are available. And I have picked up four tiny bottles. I think you know the little airplane bottles of four different kinds of gin. So I, I went with ones I recognized and a couple of recommendations from some other people. So I'm just going to kind of go down the, the gamby here, give them all a little snifter and see, see how it goes. So the first gin up for uh, study comes in a blue bottle. It is known as Bombay Sapphire Distilled London Dry Gin. Uh, it's from a 1761 recipe and it is imported from England. And it is one of two bottles I have here that is actually made of glass. So I enjoy that. So let's just crack this little bad boy open and take a little snifter. Smells like rubbing alcohol <laughs> and a little, little fruity. I like it. All right. I'm just going to try little sifters and let's take a look. Hmm. Whew. It's very potent. Not bad. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It tastes like it smells herbal little medicinal not bad not bad all right that's pretty decent i enjoyed that i think that would be really good if i had like some uh some bitters some citrus maybe some other some other mixers probably would be would be pretty all right now this next one has gotten a bit of attention lately due to the fact of its owner this is aviation american gin batch distilled from an adventurous blend of spices from around the world 
This is the Ryan Reynolds gin. So he bought a distillery in Portland and they make gin. And that is what aviation gin is. I'm very excited to try this. Um, just another quick note. The Bombay Sapphire gin is 47% uh, alcohol by volume. So it's 94 proof. The aviation gin is 42% alcohol by volume. So 84 proof. So the... Bombay Sapphire Gin is the strongest gin I have here. It's almost 50% alcohol, which is obscene. Anyway, let's try this aviation gin. American-born, Canadian-purchased, Oregon-produced. Ooh. That's got a lot more going on in terms of scent. All right. It's a, it's a lot more varied. Um, there's a lot more going on in the smell, so hopefully there's more going on in the taste, too. Whoa. Ooh, that's like potpourri in a bottle. Wow, that hits a lot of different notes. Spicy, fruity, floral, that's delicious. That's wonderful, you can almost drink that straight. All right, Aviation Gin, good job. Good job, Ryan Reynolds. That's tasty shit, I love it. I don't know anything about this next one. Tenquire, Tenquire, imported, distilled four times, made from world's finest botanicals. It is another London Dry Gin. Oh, this is 47.3% alcohol by volume, 94.6 proof. So it is very slightly stronger than the Bombay London Dry Gin. This is another London Dry Gin. Bottle is made of plastic. It is green in color. Okay. Hmm. Not getting a lot in the scent department. Just to give it just a little snifter. Hmm. Tastes remarkably similar to Bombay Sapphire in terms of kind of a one-note gin. Um, doesn't have nearly as much going on as the Aviation Gin, to be perfectly honest. That is just a cornucopia of flavors. These two are very, are very similar. It's like, once now I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what gin tastes like. These two just taste like gin. Aviation tastes like a whole bunch of shit. So I'm a fan of Aviation right now. That's the clear winner. Coming out right out, right out of the gates. Now, the final one is the one I'm probably most excited to try because I've seen this bottle everywhere. And it's, you know, it's pretty well known to me. All right, let's see here. Hendrix Gin, distilled and bottled in Scotland. 44% alcohol by volume, making it 88 proof. It is the third strongest gin here. Aviation is the weakest gin here, which I think is interesting because it had the most flavor going on. So... Hendrix Gin is made of glass. It is completely opaque. I can't see inside it at all. I smell absolutely nothing. Nothing. Not a not a thing. There's there's nothing to be scented here. All right, let's just try a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. That's all right. It doesn't have the pungent gin flavor that the London Dry Gins had, but nor does it have the depth of flavor that the Aviation Gin had. It It is the, it tastes almost like nothing. Um, Not a really strong alcoholic burn, not a whole lot in terms of herbal flavor or spices, it's just kind of there. It's almost like drinking water, to be perfectly honest. It's got a little bit more going on than water, but not much, not much, that's disappointing. That's very disappointing, Hendrix Gin. 
Oh, well. So, clear-cut winner out of my trial size of four gins with nothing else mixed into it is Aviation Gin. American Gin. Did not see that one coming, I'll be honest. I, I thought Bombay was probably going to be my favorite. Um, but no, Aviation Gin. Which is good for not only America, uh, but it's also good for my wallet. Because you can get like a full-blown bottle of Aviation Gin for like 30 bucks. And that's some good fucking gin. So... Awesome. Good job, Ryan Reynolds. Who saw that coming? Not me. That's for sure. Anyway, no matter what you're drinking this holiday season, be sure you're doing it responsibly. Because that's the most important thing. No driving. Not a, not even a little bit. Uber exists for a reason. And it's to make sure you don't drink and drive. Drink and ride. That's what you should do. Get, get your Uber. Get your Lyft. Whatever you prefer. Just be, be responsible this holiday season. Importantly, have fun. And if you're going to drink gin, not sponsored, but Aviation American Gin. Batch distilled from an adventurous blend of spices from around the world. Portland, Oregon. Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool gin. That's what you could call it. It's good shit. It's good shit. Gets the gets the going up cast recommendation for the 21 and over drinkers. Check out Aviation Gin. Again, not sponsored. Wish I was. Wish I was. Looking at you, Ryan Reynolds. Drink Aviation Gin. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Another week! Another batch of Harry Potter chapters. Fair warning, these are some of the heaviest chapters of book four. In terms of in terms of what happens in them. Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Chapter 29, The Dream. And chapter 30, The Pensive. Now, the Pensive chapter for me is one of my favorites. I, I try really hard to bring an emotional weight to the events of that chapter. But naturally, it's overshadowed for me at least by chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch, in which Ron says some dumb shit and I yell at him as per my usual methodologies. Let's take a listen. I warned her, said Ron as Hermione hurried off out of the grave. Yeah, fucking, you didn't warn her. Like, warning implies that you saying something could have prevented this from happening. Hermione had already done the act that caused this. You just informed her of, like, the consequences of it. So you can't be like, I told her not to go messing up with Rita Skeeter. Yeah, after she messed up with Rita Skeeter. You fucking, fucking twat. You're, the, you're that fucking hindsight piece of shit. I goes, ah, well, if you asked me, I would have said that was a bad idea. Well, I didn't ask you, and you didn't say it was a bad idea, and it already went through it. So you don't need, I don't need you telling me that it was a fucking bad idea. I'm already well aware it was a bad idea because I just lived it. I just lived it, you motherfucker. Useless piece of shit. Tell me, ah, well, it's a fucking, god damn it. Telling somebody after something happened that they shouldn't have done said thing is worthless. Okay? Because it already happened. All right? You should instead try to provide support for how to, like, accept the fact that whatever went down went down, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but don't fucking tell, tell me not to do dumb shit after I've already done the dumb shit. Because I, I knew probably going in not to do the dumb shit, but I did the dumb shit anyway. You know why? Because I like to live. I like to live my life. And my life requires me to do a lot of dumb shit. So, fucking get off my back. Three brand new Harry Potter chapters land every single Wednesday night. We are rapidly approaching the end of book four. Only, uh, let's see, one, two, well, only two more weeks of book four. Book five begins mid-January. Get excited. Get excited. I'm very much looking forward to that. But that'll do it for Harry Potter chapters this week. Go on to the next thing in the podcast.
This next category has been a bit of a sticky point for me for the last couple of weeks while I've been thinking about what my best anything of 2018 have been. And the reason this one is so kind of conflicting for me is because movie of the year, that makes sense. You know, album of the year, that also makes sense. Video game of the year is tricky for me because, for example, there aren't many games that I start and finish within a year. You know what I mean? Um, some games span years. And how can you, you know, which year does it fall into? You know, I started it in 2017, but I didn't finish it until 2018. But for me, that was, you know, my game of the example. You know, that's my game of the year. So do I do it based on release date or when I consume the media? You know, there's an argument to be made for release date. It's the cleanest cut. And if I was to name a game of the year simply based on release date, it would probably be Spider-Man for the PS4. I beat it. It was one of the only games I actually beat this year. I enjoyed the ride, but it doesn't taste right in my mouth. It's dishonest to me to name Spider-Man the best game of the year because while I very much enjoyed it, I don't want to go back and play it again. There's a lot of things that, for me, a video game needs to have in order for it to be an incredible game. And one of them is replayability. Now, I have absolutely no desire to play Spider-Man again. I played the game. I played the DLCs. It's all wonderful and incredible. But it, I don't want to go back. And if I look back over 2018 and I think about the games I played. God of War. Let's Go Eevee. Mario Party. Overwatch. All these, all these games. World of Warcraft with the new expansion. There's only one game that actually sticks out to me as being my game of the year. And a lot of you are going to say this is cheating, but I want to preface this by saying that what I just mentioned is absolutely true. I bought this game in late 2017, but I did not complete it until 2018. The majority of the playtime was in 2018. And because it has jumped my list to being my third all-time favorite game... I cannot stop thinking and talking about it with other people. I've purchased it as a gift for other people this holiday season. And all of those other things beside, it is the best game I played this year. It's Persona 5. <laughs> came out last year, I know. I know it came out last year, but I didn't play it mostly until this year. So for me and my purposes, Persona 5 was my game of 2018. Despite the fact that it came out last year. Compared to every other game I played this year that I actually finished, Persona 5 was better than all of them. Never finished God of War. Never finished... I still haven't finished Let's Go Eevee, but there's no way. I'm not going to give it to Let's Go Eevee because that's a remake. It's a very enjoyable remake, but it's a remake. Persona 5 was 100 plus hours of the some of the best gaming experience I've ever had. I love that game. And I'm not lying when I said it's my third all-time favorite game. It did, it jumped all the way up to the third spot. First on the list is Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction Expansion. That whole that whole thing. I've been playing that game for 18 years and I fucking love it. Brutal Legend is the number two spot because of everything about that game is me and my style. And then Persona 5 is number three. Hands down. It is, is it cheating? Yes. But I have to give it to Persona 5 because it feels right. It's not Spider-Man, it's not anything else. Nothing else I played this year is better than Persona 5. Therefore, the game of the year has to be Persona 5. End of discussion. If you have not played Persona 5 yet, oh, there aren't many games I would say 
are worth buying the entire system for, but this is absolutely one of them. If you don't have the PlayStation 4, you need to get a PlayStation 4 to play Persona 5. And it, like and all the other games, Bloodborne, um other games. Persona 5. Just just buy a PS4 and play Persona 5. You owe it to yourself to experience this game. It is so much fun. It's such a great story. The gameplay is incredible. The role-playing aspect of it is so much fun. I loved everything about the game. I love the aesthetic. I love the music. I love the characters. I love the setting. I love the whole thing. It's incredible. I love it. And I cannot wait for Persona 6. Whenever that comes out, whether it's three years from now, two years from now, or in the case of Persona 5, 11 fucking years between four and five, I will be there ready and waiting for Persona 6 to come around. I would not be surprised if once the PlayStation 5 was announced, they also announced Persona 6 in the similar time frame, because that's kind of what delayed Persona 5, was the release of the PlayStation 4. It was originally being developed for the PlayStation 3, they heard the PlayStation 4 was coming out, they decided to delay the game for a couple of years so they could make it fully developed for the PlayStation 4. I'd be willing to bet there's something else going to be going on for the PlayStation 5. So, PlayStation 5 will get announced, Persona 6 will get announced as a PlayStation 5 exclusive, and we're all going to buy PlayStation 5s because that's how you make money. So, game of the year, Persona 5. If you want a title of a game that came out this year for the sake of your, you know, opinions, then I'm going to give it to Spider-Man. But, I stand by what I said, my game of the year is not Spider-Man, it is Persona 5. End of, end of story. What was your game of the year? What game did you play more than any other that you look back on and go, God damn, that was a good game. I want to hear about it. Send in your emails at goingcast.gmail.com and let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week's Christmas movie, given that it is Christmas Day, also Merry Christmas, in case I haven't said it yet, Merry Christmas is one of my go-to standards for the holiday season. That's right. We're bookending it. We started it with Muppets. We're ending it with Muppets. The Muppet Christmas Carol. My preferred version of this particular iconic Charles Dickens story. There are a lot of different versions, but for me, it's the Muppets. It always comes back to the Muppets. 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 It tells the story of Ebenezer Scrooge learning his lesson by being tormented by three spectral Christmas spirits in the night in order for him to be a cool dude for the remaining five years of his life before he eventually dies because he's an old man already. The Muppets are just adorable in this film. They tell it very well. There are a couple of bits in this movie that you can just skip right over. Basically, anytime Scrooge is not Michael Caine, just skip it. So, when he's a kid, skip it. When he's when he's older, as a, like a young adult, skip it. it. Sucks. So, that being said, it is... It is an incredible, incredible movie. It actually came out around the same time. There was this, there was this two-year span when Brian Henson came out with two Muppet movies at, like, you know, in this in this period, and they were both very well done. Muppets taking classic stories and adapting them to be the Muppet style. These two movies were the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island, which are I like the both of those movies are my childhood in a nutshell. They just meant so much to me and impacted and. They were so incredible. And in my head, the songs for this uh, movie were incredible. You know, uh, singing the street corner choir. It's coming home and getting warm by the fire. It's true wherever you find love. Feels like Christmas. That song is really good. The Scrooge song at the beginning is really good. 
Um, the song that uh, Michael Caine sings at the end of the movie is really good. It has a lot of great running gags, just like Muppet Family Christmas that I'm a really big fan of. I'm a big fan of the narrators, Gonzar and Rizzo, playing Charles Dickens throughout the story, acting as the guide throughout the entire movie. Helps make the whole thing a lot more relatable to a younger audience, which is spectacular. And of course, it is like the classic Christmas story. Fuck a Christmas story. I hate that movie and it needs to go die in a hole. This is the classic Christmas story. And I won't hear a word it said against it. It is. It is fantastic. And if you're ever going to see this in a movie, and you know, if you're going to see a Christmas Carol in movie form, this would be my go-to version of this particular film. You got to watch it this way. It's the best way to do it. It's my favorite. Go watch them up at Christmas Carol. I don't know how you're going to find it. I've got it on a DVD. Um, so you can do that way. And hopefully it'll be on Disney Plus that comes out next year, the Disney streaming service, because they own the Muppets. So fingers crossed. But that'll, that'll be the final movie recommendation of the holiday season. Gave you four, I think. Um, Muppet Family Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol, The Santa Claus, and um, the new Grinch movie. There you go. Four Christmas movies for the holidays. Thank you very much. Enjoy all those films. We're getting very close to the end of the holiday season, so running out of time. Sure to sure to watch them before the days are long and hot again. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Song of the week for Christmas Day. I got two of them naturally, including one of my favorite covers I've ever put out because it is. Uh, I'm gonna play the whole cover because. I think, I think you'll know why when we when we talk about it. But first, I want to talk about the song I'm not going to cover. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Now, because of how I've been doing it this month, this song comes to us from The Muppet Christmas Carol. It is One More Sleep Till Christmas, performed by Kermit the Frog, written and released on November 10th, 1992, by the incredible Miles Goodman and Paul Williams. And Paul Williams wrote a lot of songs, not only for The Muppets, but for a lot of songwriters throughout the 20th century. He is pretty... You might know some of his stuff, even if you don't know who he is as a person. Um, he did um, just an old-fashioned love song. Um, oh, God, what else did he write? Um, David Bowie's Fill Your Heart. Um, let's see here. Uh, Rainbow Connection for the Muppet movie. He did a bunch of stuff. He did a bunch of stuff. Pretty prolific right there. Old Paul Williams. And One More Sleep Till Christmas is all about that amazing feeling you get the night before Christmas. And it's being sung by Kermit the Frog. I mean, it's just such a it's such a sweet song. And so I listen to it as I fall asleep on Christmas Eve. There's one more sleep till Christmas. I love it. It's such a it's such a beautiful song. So yeah, one more sleep till Christmas. It's probably my favorite song from I'm Up at Christmas Carol. Give that whole movie a listen. And the soundtrack is on Spotify. So give the soundtrack a listen there. But make sure you skip When Love Is Gone because that song is fucking awful. It's terrible. I hate it. It's not worth listening to at all ever so my cover for this week is one of the best known and commonly sung american songs in the world it was published in late 1857 by james lord pierpont it is called a jingle bells it was originally titled one horse open sleigh in the autumn of 1857 but jingle bells is what we all know it to be Although it was originally intended for the Thanksgiving season and having no connection with Christmas, it became associated with Christmas music in the holiday season in general decades after it was first performed on the Washington Street in Boston in 1857. So I'm just reading that whole cloth off of the Wikipedia article. But yeah, Jingle Bells. I don't know why I decided to cover this song, and it doesn't require much explanation. We all know what Jingle Bells is. You don't need to hear me talk about what Jingle Bells is. So, 
Instead, let's just listen to my cover of Jingle Bells in its entirety. Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. Over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Shit, there's more. <clears throat> a day or two ago, the story I must tell. I went out to the snow, and on my back I fell. A gent was riding by in a one horse open sleigh. He laughed at me as I lay there, but quickly drove away. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. song that you want to suggest for song of the week well you can send them on in at gonomcast at gmail.com send in your covers send in your requests your suggestions and in 2019 i hope the playlist is just chock-a-block full of all of our wonderful music starting next week i will be beginning updating the playlist once again just a reminder i did not put any christmas songs on the playlist because i want the playlist to be listened to year round and that's kind of hard to do if i just pump a bunch of christmas songs on there i'm debating about doing a going up cast holiday playlist but since the holidays are now basically over, I think if it comes up again next year, then I'll just slap the eight songs I talked about. Eight songs? No, I talked about way more. Hold on. Two, four, six. Eight. Yeah, eight songs. Um, wow, I can math. I'm really smart. The eight songs I talked about this year will end up on that playlist. Um, if you guys want such a thing, just let me know. I'll make it. But of course, the holidays are essentially, you know, today is the, the woo Christmas. Um, but then after that, you know, it's New Year's and then we're right back in the nitty gritty of it. So Christmas music for me at least has... As you know, it's had its place. I've enjoyed listening to it. I'm going to listen to it all of today. And then that's probably it. 
That's probably it. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Now, I know what I said mere minutes ago about how I was only going to pick one thing for each category, and that's, you know, otherwise it's not the best, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to contradict myself slightly for album of the year. And the reason being is because in my head, there's two. There is the best original studio album of the year, and there's the best live album of the year. So, naturally, I want to talk about both of them. I will lead this off by stating, in case you haven't figured that out based on my Song of the Week playlist, that my musical taste is not what one may consider to be mainstream. I hate that phrase, but, you know, I'm, it's never my music of the year or my song of the year or my album of the year is never going to be hip-hop. It's never going to be rap. It's never going to be EDM, house, whatever, whatever the kids are listening to. It's not what I listen to. Uh, in case you haven't figured that out, I'm much more classic rock, hard rock, heavy metal, etc., etc., folk. That's my jam. That's my bread and butter. So naturally, my album of the year has to go to an album that is present on the Song of the Week playlist uh, pretty aggressively because I couldn't just pick one song off the album, so I threw three songs from this album on there that week. And it is Tiara by Seventh Wonder. 70 plus minutes of some of the best prog symphonic metal I've heard in quite some time, led by the charismatic and incredibly talented Tommy Kervik on vocals. Seventh Wonder has put out one of the best concept albums in recent years. It is obscenely talented, absolutely catchy, moving, emotional, layered in complexity. The lyrics are incredible. The story's rad. It's got a lot of awesome moments, like the the uh, string bit at the end of Good Night. It's got the acoustic guitar on the beach scene from the end of... Um, no, sorry, Good Night is, is where the guitar bit is. Uh, Beyond Today is where the string bit is at the end. It ties back in on itself. Like, vocally, like I mentioned, it is top-notch. Tommy Kerrific is one of the best vocalists of all time. And it is peppered with incredibly powerful music. I cannot recommend this album more than I already am. And this is one of the few albums that I would actually recommend. Like, you know how sometimes people will be like, oh, I'll listen to a couple of tracks before I buy the album. You could straight up buy this album and and put it straight into the, like your computer and disc player and listen to it from start to finish and you will not be disappointed. It you, you just The whole thing is spectacular and it is absolutely worth a listen. Naturally, if you have Spotify, you can just listen to the whole damn thing anyway and you should do that. You should absolutely do that. This album is incredible. That is the best original studio album of 2018. The best live album of 2018, kind of similar to why Infinity War was my movie of the year, goes to Arion Universe. Two plus hours of a live concert, the first concert of its kind since Arion was, became a band in the early 90s. Arion is a progressive super group, the likes of which the world has never seen. Each album has somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 15 vocalists from bands all over the world, including Tommy Kervik on a couple of albums. And what they did is they essentially did a greatest hits concert of Aaron's entire history. That's why it's called Arion Universe. Songs from every album Arion has ever put out, 
performed live. I believe the concert DVD is two and a half hours long. It is such a joy to watch. And because of what that album represents for the band, given that this is the first performance of its kind since the band's inception, because there are so many vocalists, it's difficult to get them all together in the same room. It is my best live album of 2018. Just the talent of the musicians, the fact that it was recorded beautifully and mixed incredibly well, and it's such a joy to listen to. It takes you on such an amazing journey through Arion's prolific career, and not least of which, I am going to be flying to the Netherlands in 2019 to watch Arion perform my favorite album of theirs, Into the Electric Castle, live in its entirety on the 20th anniversary of the album. I am so excited. I cannot wait. Arion has proven to me that they know how to put on a goddamn live show, and it was awesome. It's one of the best live albums I've ever heard, so definitely worth a listen. If you, if you like Seventh Wonder, you're going to like Arion. And if you like Arion, you're going to like Seventh Wonder. They kind of work back into each other. Those two albums was this year in a nutshell for me. I listened to Arion more than any other band this year, according to my Spotify statistics. And Seventh Wonder with Tiara is just... I can't stop listening to it. I keep bouncing back to it. I'll like listen to some new music. I'll be like, oh, this reminds me of Tiara. Turn that back on. So it is. it is, was a wonderful year for music. No doubt about it. What was your favorite album or song or band of 2018? I'd love to hear about it. Send in those emails at goamcast.gmail.com and we'll talk about it. And once again, I sincerely doubt it. But if an album comes out between now and the end of the year that is better than either of these two, I will retroactively take this award away from them and give it to the other people. Not going to happen, but if it does, I want to cover my bases and state that for the record right now. It's not going to happen. Tiara and Arion Universe are better in every freaking way than any other album I heard this year, but bygones be bygones. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally, this week, happy Christmas, everybody. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day with friends and family. It is my all-time favorite day of the year, more than my birthday, more than any other day of the year. I love Christmas. It is such a wonderful day. I'm very much looking forward to spending it with my friends and family, getting all my fun new toys, of which I'm sure I will talk about next week on the 1st of 2019. And I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping right at the end of the year and profess my eternal thanks to everybody who listened to the Going Up cast this year. It has been our first year here at Going Up cast. We started uh, 33 weeks ago, and it has been just such a fun ride making this podcast for you guys about all sorts of different things. I can't thank anybody enough for listening to the podcast, watching the live stream, supporting the Patreon, listening to the audiobook. It's, it, it means so much to me that you guys appreciate what I'm what I'm trying to do and I hope I've brought a smile to your face more than once throughout 2018 and I will continue to do so for 2019 and as long as I can as long as I can keep it going it's going to keep being a thing so get excited for that we have the chosen date for the next Patreon live stream will be the 13th of January it is a Sunday it's the second Sunday of the month I believe uh we will be playing Magic the Gathering Arena and probably some more Dark Souls if uh if I have my my way about it so if you want to watch that be sure to support the patreon at least at the five dollar level thank you very much for all of your continued support sharing the podcast with your friends it means so much to me it means so much to me 
Hopefully one day this will just be a real big cool thing that we can all talk about and be like, hey, I was there on the ground floor of the Going Up cast. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. But as long as I keep doing the do and you guys keep listening, then it's all worth it to me. Enjoy your holidays. Have a wonderful rest of 2018. And I will see you bright and early in 2019. I'll be the first thing you hear that year. So get ready. Get excited. I'm very much looking forward to it. Thank you very much for listening. Have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy holidays. And I will talk to you later. Goodbye.